Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, January 22nd. Let's jump into today's top stories. Sportico's Michael McCann explains why it will be the judicial rather than the legislative branch that decides the future of college sports, writing, it will be judges, who at the federal level have lifetime appointments and who usually resolve debates by applying law to specific questions presented in a case. That means judges won't abstractly determine if states can prevent the NCAA from enforcing NIL rules. Instead, they'll consider if the law of one state violates provisions in the state and federal constitutions. How that impacts other states and their laws could spark additional legal controversies. That's how precedent works, taking one decision spawned by a unique set of facts and arguing the decision and accompanying legal reasoning ought to apply in a particular way to a similar set of facts. Likewise, judges won't consider if the NCAA's system of amateurism is illegal under antitrust law. Instead, they'll attempt to resolve usually confined antitrust disputes, such as whether Power 5 conferences should be able to share broadcast money with players. How those resolutions ought to impact judges in other state and federal jurisdictions and antitrust challenges to other NCAA rules is what lawyers are paid to figure out. Law works incrementally. Decisions are subject to appeal, subject to additional appeals. Auburn finished fiscal year 23 with $195.3 million in revenue and $192 million in expenses. The Montgomery Advertiser's Richard Silva notes, however, that the surplus was made possible by the $25 million athletics received in direct institutional support, which is way up from the $9.7 million the department received in 2022. These numbers come a year after Auburn had a $22.9 million surplus in 2022, which was an athletics department record according to data dating back to 2005. The operating revenue in 2023, $195.3 million, was higher than it was in 2022, $174.6 million, but the operating expenses increased more than $40 million from $151.6 million to $192 million. The uptick in expenses is partially attributable to former football head coach Brian Harson's $15 million buyout, half of which was due within 30 days of his departure. Overall, the Tigers reported severance expenses of $19.9 million, up from $8.2 million in fiscal year 22. Silva also notes that football was still the biggest revenue generator for the athletics department, writing, the program had an excess of just under $54.5 million. That number does include $21.9 million from direct institutional support. The program was given $616,050 in 2022. Meanwhile, the men's basketball team finished the year $4.2 million in the black. VCU will begin work on its new athletic village this spring. The project will include new athletics fields, an indoor, outdoor tennis facility, a soccer stadium, futsal courts and more. Rams AD Ed McLaughlin said, the practice fields will be the first phase because our teams don't have practice fields right now. So that's priority number one. McLaughlin also notes much of the village will be open to the public saying, we want these facilities to be busy 350 days a year and have them be really highly useful for our community. Meanwhile, McLaughlin confirms that the timing of the pending sale of Sports Backers Stadium won't impact the athletic village's construction, explaining that, we're moving forward on what we're doing. The momentum that we have is great, so we're not stopping. Hopefully we'll all have ballpark agreements done soon and have some clarity on the Diamond District too. I think both sides of Hermitage Road will help each other be successful. 
Following the weekend's court-storming incidents, particularly Iowa women's basketball star Caitlin Clark's collision with an Ohio State fan, Sportico's Michael McCann examines the risks involved from a legal standpoint and explains, while these types of incidents are uncommon, they can spark liability if injuries result. Fans and players assume numerous risks by virtue of attending a sporting event, but the risk of being injured by rushing fans is arguably outside the scope of that assumption. The reasonableness of the facility's security measures to deter and stop the rushing are key parts of the legal analysis. To date, the amount of litigation in such cases has been sparse, but McKinn notes that in 2003, a former Ball State student sued the manufacturer of a football goal post after the post collapsed onto him and broke his back. The post snapped under the collective weight of fans, who stormed the field and climbed the post after Ball State defeated Toledo. Ball State was also a defendant and negotiated a settlement. DePaul has parted ways with men's basketball head coach Tony Stubblefield. The Messenger's Jeff Goodman notes that one of the reasons DePaul made the move now was because it was nearly impossible to raise NIL while Tony Stubblefield was head coach and the program was floundering, even worse than usual. It's a lot easier to raise NIL for a new coach than it is for someone few really believe can get the job done. DePaul is dead last in the Big East in NIL, per source, at below $500,000 per year while six schools in the league are at around or in excess of $2 million per year. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Monday, January 22nd. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.